special welcome this morning to a very special live music program. And without further ado, let's get with it. This is the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program on Radio 2SER. And today we have a special live program today being taped live in front of a studio audience. And the subject matter of today's program is Sahaja Yoga, the power that works behind this yoga as it relates to ancient Celtic spirituality. And um, as far as ancient... Celtic spirituality is concerned. Um, with a name like Fitzpatrick, I suppose you'd expect me to know something about this subject, but um, I don't have a drop of Irish blood in my veins. <laughs> so I'll give you the full benefit of my inexperience, I suppose. And uh, I'll first introduce you to our live mus musicians who are going to be playing all the music for the program today. Um, direct from Aladella, Mark and Sharon Nangle. Mark's playing the mandolo and Sharon's on the baran. We've got Dorothy Horn on the recorder and uh, Kevin Fitzgerald on guitar and Bevan Pierce on mandolin. So uh, we really appreciate this today. I'll just start first for the benefit of anybody who might be new to Sahaja Yoga to just give you a little background of what Sahaja Yoga is all about. And uh, we might just define a few of the terms that we're always using, which um, we might not be too clear about. And we'll relate all of that to the ancient Celtic spirituality and the depth of the knowledge and their connection with the earth. So just to begin, um, Sahaja Yoga, translated from the Sanskrit, means spontaneous union that's inborn. It's in everyone. The, the uh, potential is in everyone. 
to have this self-realization, which is a natural inbuilt system in our central nervous system. Um, becoming one with nature, becoming connected with all of creation is, is sort of a benefit uh, of this awareness that occurs after we have this self-realization. Self-realization is a spontaneous process and uh, we'll take you through a guided meditation later so you can experience this for yourself. But um, through self-realization and through the teachings of Srimataji Nirmala Devi who developed Sahaja Yoga from ancient uh, knowledge, ancient knowledge of yoga, um, we're able to become consciously aware of the signals of our spirit, of the spirit which resides in our heart. And through this we're able to understand clearly who we are, where our personal path lays, um, and more importantly, we can feel our connection <clears throat> with this divine energy of the universe. We can feel it literally on our hands uh, through the sensations felt on our central nervous system. Now, the spirit, as I mentioned, it, it resides in our heart. Everybody knows about spirit, but we, do we really know what that is? Through Sahaja Yoga, we come to understand that it's the all-pervading universal consciousness that controls everything. And it's, it's the thread that runs through all of life and connects us all. And so once the self-realization process uh, is awakened within you, once our kundalini energy rises through all the different nerve plexuses in our spine, which are called chakras, joins with our spirit and pierces through the seventh chakra at the top of our head, the Sahasrara, we become connected with this divine power. We are literally feeling God on our fingertips. Now this sounds rather far-fetched but it's true and it's our actual experience and, and we'd invite you to stick around for the guided meditation which is going to happen later in the program. Um, we, we speak of the soul. The soul is nothing but the subtle energy system within us. Shimataji has actually def defined soul, and she has said that the soul is a subtle but perfect internal mechanism which is placed along the spinal cord and which works like a remote control, looking after our well-being and our innocence. It protects righteousness and goodness in humankind, and it saves us from our destruction by protecting the very cells of our body. Um, through the Kundalini awakening, we begin to understand about these, this subtle but perfect internal mechanism, and, and we're able to help clear it of any blockages that we may have collected in our lifetime. And through this clearing, we become deeper. We become better able to understand ourselves, um, the people around us, uh, the world situation generally. We, we just come to know because we're connected with this divine knowledge. Um, one, one aspect of Sahaja Yoga and uh, this meditation is um, a power. It's a feminine aspect of God, I suppose you could say. Uh, and this is the Adi Shakti. And this, is, this program today is sort of in celebration of Adi Shakti, which is the, the, the feminine aspect of this divine power, this all-pervading power. And within us, we've mentioned Kundalini, this kundalini is actually her reflection in each of us. So the Adi Shakti, um, through her 
creative power allows us to feel our chakras, to feel our soul, get connected with the spirit, and in turn feel our connection with the divine being. So it's like a grand circle, I suppose you could say. Now, <clears throat> um, nature knows everything, and we know that nature is perfect. And what informs nature is something called paramchaitanya. You've heard this word before. Paramchaitanya is the all-pervading divine consciousness. It's the energy of the universal being or the God. And it's through this energy that uh, we are able just to follow the signals of our spirit, follow the true guide, the absolute truth to uh, what is benevolent for us. Now, um, we have uh, a lot of music on the program today, but uh, first I'd like to introduce um, a talk given, well, an excerpt from a talk given by Srimataji Nirmala Devi at a public program in Sydney um, where she talks about truth and absolute truth. And um, if you just uh, relax and put your attention on your heart while you're listening to this talk, and we'll be back afterward with a nice piece of music. I bow to all the seekers of truth. <coughs> At the very outset, we have to know what is the truth. There are so many seekers of truth in these modern times which has been predicted that there will be many people who will be seeking the truth now as ordinary householders. Their life will be completely <coughs> transformed in these modern times. They call it in the Quran as Kiyama. In the Bible it's called as the last judgment. Every religion <coughs> has talked about these modern times as something very fantastic that our lives will be transformed. So what is the truth we are seeking? We should know what is the truth we are seeking? Firstly, we are seeking peace within ourselves. Secondly, we are seeking something we do not know. And that something is the spirit within ourselves. <clears throat> Many scriptures have described that you have to seek your spirit. And many are preaching about it. But it seems they are not very spirit-oriented. They are more money-oriented or power-oriented. And that is why 
the whole attention of a seeker is diverted and deviated into something which is not really divine. <coughs> so what we are seeking is the spirit within us which is the source of absolute truth, absolute joy. and absolute self-knowledge. You have already heard about these different centers that are within us, which are being built during our evolution as human beings. We have reached up to a point but still we have to have the last breakthrough in our awareness. Otherwise, we cannot know the truth. At this human awareness, it is impossible to know the absolute truth. <clears throat> if we had known the absolute truth, there would have been no problem. Everybody would have seen the same thing. But there are so many ideologies, as you know, there are so many religions, so many types of preachings and also lots of false people. So if we know the absolute truth, then there cannot be another truth with it. It's singular. For example, I'm sitting before you. You know I'm sitting before you, all of you. There's no argument on that point. We have to have now the last breakthrough of our evolution. Once it happens, you'll be amazed that we'll know the absolute truth. There cannot be any argument about it. <clears throat> and also, these centers that you know here are a mystery to you, but you start feeling them on your fingertips. That is self-knowledge. These centers are responsible for your physical, mental, emotional, also spiritual being within yourself. <clears throat> so all your personality, the totality of it is expressed through these centers. These are subtle centers within us and these subtle centers are sometimes exhausted because of our extreme nature. So this power which we call as Kundalini, Kundala means coils, which is in three and a half coils within us. <coughs> in the sacrum bone, that means the Greek knew that it was a sacred bone, they call it sacrum. 
this power is actually your individual mother now this kundalini this power has to rise i've read some books some german books and things where it described that this kundalini awakening is extremely dangerous and it kills people is fatal nothing of the kind i've been doing this for the last 25 years i never saw anybody getting sick even. but on the contrary this awakening is so beneficial so benevolent that when this power passes through all these six centers and pierces through this last center out of the fontanelle bone area which we can call the actualization of baptism actualization <clears throat> then all these centers get enlightened enriched and this nourishment solves your physical mental emotional and spiritual problems so the first truth about yourself is that you are not this body this mind these emotions this intellect this ego these conditionings but you are the pure spirit
was the music of Joy Instrumentalist playing a dedication to McCabe. And uh, just to remind anybody who's just tuned in, this is Sahaja Yoga Meditation, and we're talking today about Sahaja Yoga and ancient Celtic spirituality. I'm just going to talk to Mark in a, a minute or so, but I just wanted to run through a couple of points about ancient Celtic spirituality, which are actually, it's actually running quite parallel to uh, what we know and have experienced through Sahaja Yoga meditation, which is actually based largely in the Hindu and Buddhist beliefs. Um, we know that the ancient Celts were a very rich culture, and they had a very strong sense of community and, and collectivity. Um, they perceived divinity in all aspects of the, the natural world, and for them the land was sacred. Uh, but one very interesting point about their spiritual beliefs is that, um, like with Sahaja Yoga, they used the four elements and the four seasons, but mainly the four elements in order to keep themselves balanced. And as we know through Sahaja Yoga meditation, there are various techniques you can use to help clear the energy centers and clear these energy channels within us using the elements. Uh, the four elements, of course, earth, fire, air, and water, but one very interesting aspect of the ancient Celt spirituality was this fifth element. Um, they believed there was a fifth element that was the invisible overseeing spirit that held the cosmos together. It held everybody, held, uh, um, everybody and all of nature, I suppose, uh, was kept in balance by this fifth element. And music was believed to be um, a, an expression of this fifth element, and it was also used to be connected with the spirit. And so music, of course, played a very important role in the everyday life of ancient Celts. <clears throat> um, they paid very close attention to the balance in themselves, as I said, and to the earth. And um, they also had a very strong um, goddess orientation, they believed the serpent had strong powers and magical links with the other world, which was uh, the world of the gods. It was like a, a paradise. And they also um, were, were responsible for, uh, in Christianity, what we know as the Holy Trinity, interestingly enough. Um, they had the Holy Trinity running through their whole spiritual Celtic theme, but for them, this um, trinity was a feminine goddess. It was the divine mother with the three aspects. And as we know through Sahaja Yoga meditation, the three energy channels which run through our subtle energy system are governed by three feminine energies, three feminine powers. Um, the number three was a holy number. And they considered that each human was made up of three parts. The soul, which was eternal, the soul was our true self, and it was through the soul that humans learned from and experienced the world and gradually grew in their wisdom and their knowledge. The spirit, they believed, observed and guided the soul, which is very much what we know to be the spirit now. And the, the body was merely a ship. It was the carrier. It was the, the vessel of the soul. You've often seen um, Celtic spiral designs, the triple spiral or the three-stranded knotwork. This is a very um, spiritual symbol, um, and it symbolized the link between body, soul, and spirit to eternal life. 
And symbols were very important to the ancient Celts because they felt that they helped to open the consciousness and they were pointers along the way in their life to, to the things that were benevolent to them. So it's very interesting, all these different parallels. But the, the one um, most important thing uh, to do with the music, uh, they felt that this fifth element would open the doors of perception and through the music... Um, this fifth element would, would offer them insights into themselves, into the world, and into the nature of creation. And um, I, I just thought that was quite phenomenal when I read that. Um, and as to the material and spiritual world, the ancient Celts saw no division between the two. Um, all of creation, whether it was the mundane, whether it was the other world, it was all interconnected in one. They they longed to be part of that um, other world, this, this interconnected oneness with the mother. And they considered wisdom as being able to perceive these spiritual forces that influence the natural world. And so um, I just thought it was interesting to, to um, draw these parallels before I talk to Mark, because Mark is Irish and he's just returned from Ireland, and he has a very strong... Um, musical background, and um, as today's program is very musically ori oriented, I thought I'd just ask you a few questions, Mark. Um, because we're talking about Celtic spirituality today, and um, as we talked before the program, there's this um, ever-present Irish uh, spirituality in just about everything the Irish do. Uh, we see it in the music, we see it in, in literature, in poetry. Um, do you think this reflects on these ancient Celtic roots? Uh, well, um, uh, being born in Ireland and growing up in Ireland uh, and uh, having the music there, um, the music has always been a part of uh, everyday life and seeking as well and for me um, growing up and, and listening to people like um, say Van Morrison later U2 who their, their themes they always had these uh, spiritual themes they would sing about seeking they were always searching for the truth so you'd, you'd U2 who you know, they would say things like, uh, all we have are uh, three chords and the truth. And Van Morrison, you know, he put out albums like um, Beautiful Vision, um, Astral Week, so very seeking uh, lyrics. Um, so my experience was that uh, music was, you know, directly related to seeking the spirit. And uh, I suppose traditional Irish music uh, was there in the background for me until I got a little bit older and started listening to it. It was a mysterious type of music to begin with and um, didn't really understand it until um, I suppose I started playing it myself and, and listening to uh, older people playing it in, in the west of Ireland. So um, it's a very rural sort of music very closely connected to the earth um, and joyful, positive and life-affirming and very, uh, you, can't, you can't stay unhappy 
listening to that music. You know, you have to sort of tap your feet and then get up and dance, mm. you know, and it, it sort right. of banishes all misfortune. And, um, and Irish have had plenty of misfortune. Well, they have, <laughs> yes. But and yet, and but yet they, they just keep... Well, they know how to enjoy themselves as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, I suppose they have to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they've had a rough time of it. And uh, I never sort of thought myself as being lucky being born in Ireland, but, you know, more and more I'm beginning to realise that, yeah, I was. Well, when I, when I was um, preparing for the programme, I found out that the, the ancient Celts believed in reincarnation and, and because um, they were such brave souls anyway, it occurred to me that um, because they knew that reality was the world of the spirit and this mundane world was just sort of transitory, that um, all these misfortunes that, that they've ever experienced just sort of rolled off their back, you know, like duck, mm. water off a duck's back kind of mm. thing. And, and I think um, that, that attitude, which is more than an attitude, it's, it's like a way of being, seems to permeate all of Irish culture in that they, they always just pick themselves up, yeah. brush them off, make a little joke and carry on with it. Uh, I think they like to live in the present. They like to live for the moment, you know, and... Uh, you know, they're always ready for a party. They're always ready to, you know, kick up their heels and music's a way of expressing that. So, and the music brings you into the present. It's very much uh, here and now and forget everything and, and live for right here and now. Mm. And uh, uh, meditation. When I started meditating in Sahaja Yoga, I sort of recognized that space and that sort of joy all over again. And it was sort of fairly familiar. And music being such an important thing in Sahaja Yoga as well, um, there's a direct relation there too. And mm. um, I found it very easy to sort of uh, tune into that. And so what do you suppose would be the most important benefit that you've gained from Sahaja Yoga in relation to your music? Has it been that you're, well, you're more connected with what's happening? It's a, it's a co sort of collective thing, I suppose. With the, uh, the Irish music's a very collective thing. It's not something that exists in books for, you know, it's a living tradition. And the same with uh, Sahaja Yoga. You know, it's, it's where people come together and uh, meditate together and exchange vibrations and work on each other and, and, um, and play music together. Mm. And uh, it's a very sort of similar culture. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to listen to a talk in a minute by Srimataji where she talks about um, this um, power that connects us all that you've just referred to and that the ancient Celts also knew existed. Um, this Param Chaitanya energy, which I mentioned earlier. Um, but before we do... This, this theme of reality is what Sri Mataji is going to refer to. It seems that um, the, the spirituality, that, the thread of spirituality that runs through most Irish artistic pursuits seems to touch on this reality, which mm. we know through our meditation is the present moment. Mm. Uh, the, uh, I mean, I'm not a great scholar of it, but uh, I've heard it called that the music is really, it's the music of what happens. It's the music of what is. Mm. And uh, I suppose that's reality. Well, well, you know, 
everyday life, very practical thing, spirituality. I don't see it as something impractical and, mm. and otherworldly. The other world is, is the present, and it's so practical. Mm. Spirituality is a practical thing. And I see a link there with the Indian spirituality um, and Indian classical music and the bhajans. It's all very practical, and there's such similarities between the two uh, types of music. Mm. Thanks, Mark. We'll go now and uh, listen to this excerpt. It's just a short one. And uh, then directly after that, we're going to go through the guided meditation. So um, if you'll all just uh, settle in, we'll be right back. Reality is Paramachaitanya, and it is reality that works out of it. And then this reality is the divine love. We always separate love from action. To us, love means uh, some sort of a mad behavior towards a person. It has no technical know-how how to love. It works without any understanding. When we love somebody, we don't know what do we do. We think we love you. Tomorrow we start saying, I hate you. So how can it be love? We love our own children, love our own family, love our own friends which is so unreal. If it was real, it would never have failed. That you cannot definitely say that, all right, today you'll work for your son and be very selfish about your son, but you can't say tomorrow how he will treat you or you will treat him. But Param Chaitanya knows. It knows how to express its love. Not only that, but it's an eternal feeling of love, which may change its hue, color, but the concern of that love will be the same. The essence of love is concern. Even if, supposing, somebody does wrong, the concern of the Divine would be to correct that person. Concern. Or what we say as hita is the benevolence. So the concern for the benevolence will be all the time there, whether it may appear to be sometimes cruel, might appear to be affectionate, might appear to be overindulgent, whatever it may take a form, like a wave, whichever way it may look, but actually 
it's for your benevolence. It works for your benevolence. Not only your benevolence, but the collective benevolence. And it knows very well what is to be done, how it is to be worked out. It does not have to go and learn from anywhere because the complete knowledge of all this know-how also is within itself. It's such a storage of wisdom, knowledge and love. This is the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. That was Srimataji Nirmala Devi, the lady who developed Sahaja Yoga in 1970, and she was talking about this divine, all-pervading power that we've been referring to here, which governs our self-realization and our meditation. Now, for um, the next 10 minutes or so, we'd like you just to sit comfortably, loosen all your tight clothing, remove eyeglasses and shoes if possible, and Patrick Murphy, our fine Irish friend, is going to take us through a guided meditation. Thank you, Lee Allen. Um, as Lee Allen said, it's important to uh, get yourself comfortable, get your body comfortable, whether it's in a chair or if you're adventurous, sitting on the floor, cross-legged. Uh, so just give yourself uh, this 10 minutes or so for the meditation. So you can take the pot off the stove and take the phone off the hook. Just open your hands, open, uh, turn your palm upwards. Just close your eyes and take your attention inside. Just find a quiet space. In this exercise, we'll work with awakening the energy called Kundalini, which is at the base of the spine. And we'll work with moving it up through the chakras, awakening and enlightening the power and qualities of the chakras. This will take the Kundalini through to the top chakra just above the top of your head. So we'll work with the power of pure desire, which is, which, if we can take our attention to our left hand, to the palm on our left hand, and this is graciously asking, inviting, and it helps open our desire, our pure desire. We will use the right hand, which is the power of action, which moves the power of action, and we'll place it on certain parts of the body where the chakras are situated. 
and there we make affirmations and requests to awaken that particular quality. Firstly, you can put your keeping your left hand open. Remember, with your palm facing upwards. Place your right hand over your heart and ask the question silently. Ask two or three times. You will ask the question. Uh, it will be directed to that Kundalini energy or power which resides in the sacrum bone. This is the, this is a, a nurturing energy, the mother energy, the nurturing mother that looks after the spirit. So you can address the question to the spirit, or you can say mother, and ask the question a couple of times: Am I the spirit? Move your hand downwards to that center just below the rib cage. This is the center of our mastery. And here you can ask the question, am I my own master? The asking is important, so you can ask, am I my own master? Very definitely ask. Take your hand down to the next center, which is just where the uh, leg joins the trunk of the body. This is the center of pure knowledge. And here you can ask, ask about four, five times, ask for, please may I have the pure knowledge. Mother, please may I have the pure knowledge. Take your hand back up to the center where you were just previously, just under the rib cage, the center of our mastery. Here you can affirm, I am my own master. Mother, I am my own master. About three times, please. knowledge of all of these powers within you and when you learn how to work with them and use them when required that is being your own master take your hand up to your heart center back over the heart and just affirm here about three times mother I am the spirit now up to the, to the forehead and just rest your head forward into your hand holding it firmly, not tightly 
but very definitely resting your head in your hand and expressing a forgiveness forgiveness from your heart you can say mother I forgive just a couple of times just say it a couple of times mother I forgive feeling, feeling this expression of forgiveness from the heart, opens the heart, allows the spirit to rise. Now take your hand and take it to the top of your head and very center of the palm of your hand placed on the that tender area on top of your head known as the fontanelle bone area place it there and rotate it seven times clockwise very definitely and each time just ask mother please may I have my self-realization just gently raise your hand five, six inches above your head pulling up your attention on the palm of your hand just in a very, very comfortable way just lifting your attention up above your head with the palm of your hand try and maintain that thoughtless state do not develop any thoughts that come into your head. Now resting your hand back on your lap but keeping your attention up there above your head. Just enjoy that meditation for a minute. We'll try to achieve this state of thoughtless awareness. You can hear the music, you can hear my voice, but that does not mean you would be thinking you can hear it but not develop any thoughts from it just meditate for a couple of minutes now
Music of Joy Instrumentalists, and the first little piece was Kielna Nolag, and Patty Faye's Reel was the second. Um, before you run away, Patrick, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions, um, just about how you came to Sahaja Yoga, really. What were you looking for when you found Sahaja Yoga? Um, liberty and freedom, though I mean, I was never really without them in the, in the sense that it was locked away or anything, but it was uh, liberty and freedom and I think leaving Ireland, coming to Australia, leaving a cold, dark, misty isle and coming to a bright, warm, inviting country, it was, uh, that was uh, the first stage of my liberation. And then finding Australia being um, such an open, inviting place, uh, it was like being next door to heaven. I thought heaven was close Mm -hmm. by. So (laughs) I, uh, I kept looking, didn't find it for a long time and then I got lucky and found Sahaja Yoga and um, that was only at, at that time I did find my liberation. You you realized that immediately, did you? Or was it a bit well, of time passed? Not immediately. The, fir- the first thing I recognized was um, a chain, uh, I was introduced to it by a friend of mine and uh, the most convincing aspect, uh, well the initial convincing aspect was the changes that I did see in him uh, I had known him for four or five years at the time, and we were very close friends. And he had changed in ways that um, I could not change in ways, basically overnight, which I could not believe could happen in any particular way. But there was something amazing that happened here, and I felt like, well, whatever you've been doing, I'd like to do some of this. And <laughs> I got introduced to Sanjay mm-hmm. Yoga, and then down the track of it, I discovered the same things myself. And that is really knowing. Uh, the reason for being here and having discovered a system inside with the tools to 
continue being liberated and feeling free of the shackles of conditioning and and, um, uh, and such things. Yeah, just mm-hmm. just having that system and uh, discovering the power. Power is a power is a great thing, Lee Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's uh, knowing the power is there and knowing that you can draw on it when required. Thank you very much, Patrick. This is Lee Allen Fitzpatrick, and uh, we'll see you later. Jay Sri Mataji.